0: Thank <laughs> you. From talkradio.nyc, welcome to At Home. I'm David Theergartner, interior designer and owner of David Theergartner Interiors right here in beautiful Manhattan. On tonight's show, you say decorator? My guest tonight, interior designer Ray Martin. Ray has had a remarkable career spanning decades and has crisscrossed the nation and the world because he's had projects in Saudi Arabia and Dubai and all those exotic and fabulous places. I want to talk to Ray about the differences as we're going to and how he sees uh, the differences between a decorator and an interior designer. Ray and I have had projects in the same neighborhood at the same time in San Francisco. We were what do you think, five blocks, five houses away from each other, I think, and in Florida. I'm excited to talk to Ray about his prestigious career, his design vision, and his relationships with his clients. I want to talk about design in Miami and how Ray approaches it differently than in New York or, let's say, San Francisco, for that matter, or Dubai, for that matter. And finally, Ray and I are going to speak about some of the changes in the design trade and what the future holds for our industry. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. You say either and I say
1: either. You say neither and I say neither. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. You like potato and I like potato. You like tomato and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off.
0: So, you know, if I could sing, I would say, you say potato, (laughs) and I would say potato, you say decorator, and I say interior designer. So what on earth are we talking about? I can't tell you how many times people have asked me to explain the differences between the two. It all seems, I don't know, somehow a bit confusing, and why on earth should it even matter? Well, that's the big question tonight. And it does matter, depending on the scope and scale of the project, the difficulty and demands of the project, the details, the intricacies, and the design of the project. And that's why I'm going to talk tonight to my friend and fellow interior designer, Ray Martin, because it matters very much. So let's talk about the differences, okay? Let's start with what is a decorator. So decorator from the, I can't even say it, from the French décorateur. Now I'm lying. I just made that as a joke. So you see how good I am at joke telling. Um, No, it really is decorator. According to Webster, it's a noun first recognized in 1755. So at least we're off to a good start. You know, it has a definition to, you know, for that matter, the British who all of this interior design world, kind of, them and the French started this whole thing, define a decorator a bit differently than we do. In British terms, a decorator is someone who does the labor, someone who paints the wall or installs the wallpaper. And the dictionary describes the American decorator as a person whose job it is to design the interiors of someone else's home by selecting colors, carpet, material, and furnishings. And that all makes perfect sense to me, and Ray is nodding his head, so I'm assuming it makes perfect sense to him. And all I would add to that is, I think it's a bit of a generational term, hearkening back to bygone times. And the legendary interior design company Parrish Hadley exemplifies the difference perfectly. So Sister Parish, as she was known, was a socialite and a decorator. When she opened her first office, she was completely untrained and admitted to never having read a decorator book or, for that matter, apprenticed for anyone, anywhere. She is absolutely famous for many reasons in the interior Design world, but mostly she is known for being Jacqueline Kennedy's first decorator at the White House. And almost 60 years later, her influences and her contributions are still seen today in the yellow room at the White House. And speaking in an interview in 16, 1661, 1961, Sister Parrish told reporters that the first lady, Jackie O, was a woman of simple taste, who wants to create a home. That sounds pretty wonderful to me. Sister Parrish was interested in decorating and making pretty rooms. She was influential and used her taste and her creative ideas to turn a house, even a white house, into a home. Later, she would meet her partner, Albert Hadley. And here we start to see the difference. Hadley graduated from the Parsons School of Design in New York and in Paris and apprenticed with one of the South's most best-known decorator at the time, A. Herbert Rogers. And the partnership became the legendary interior design firm of Parrish Hadley. So that's interesting. And Albert Hadley recently passed away. I think it's been almost five years ago. But Albert Hadley of today would be comfortable addressing the technological challenges, the construction requirements and codes, the building codes, and the difficulties and the challenges of a long-term project. Being an interior designer involves all the challenges and difficulties of a construction project, but it also speaks to the art and science of understanding people's behavior and creating functional, well-conceived, designed homes. My process, my interior design process is a systematic and coordinated methodology. Methodology, not mythology. <laughs> methodology including research and analysis. It also coordinates resources, skilled craftsmen and the integration of trades, suppliers, architects and clients. Interior designers apply all of these to the craft of design, to the craft of interior design, creating homes and spaces that are functional, attractive, beneficial to the life and the culture of their clients. So you say potato and I say potato, but in a nutshell, what is the difference between being an interior designer and a decorator? Well, Jackie Kennedy's second White House decorator was the world-renowned French interior designer, Stéphane Baudin. So in short, interior designers may decorate, but decorators do not design. When we come back, My conversation with Ray Martin, interior designer from, I'm going to say, all over the world. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes.
1: Mrs. Kennedy, I want to thank you for letting us uh, visit your official home. This is obviously the room from which much of your work on it is directed.
2: Yes, it's attic and cellar all in one. Since our work started, we received hundreds of letters every day. This is where we evaluate all the fines, see if we want
1: to keep them, if they fit into our budget. Mrs. Kennedy, every First Lady and every administration since President Madison's time has made changes, greater or smaller, in the White House. Before we look at any of the changes you've made, what's
0: your basic plan?
1: Well, I really don't have one because I think
2: this house will always grow and should.
0: My guest tonight is my dear friend and fellow interior designer, Ray Martin, and I'm so excited to have you here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Welcome to At Home is what I'm supposed to say, because <laughs> that's the name of the show. So that's I'm getting cue cards somewhere here. Hey. Uh, Well, thank you. And let's just start with the question that I ask everybody, which is what is your definition of beauty and more specifically, what is beautiful in your home?
2: Beauty, that's a very general question, but uh, I define beauty in the home as spaces and objects that inspire one to be who they want to be. Wow, And that's my definition of beauty in a
1: home.
0: So say that again, because it's worthy of repeating. <laughs> it's, it's really
2: about uh, what inspires you to be who and what you want to be. And that's the environment that you want to live in. And that's the environment that you want a decorator or a designer to create for you.
0: I was going to say, that sounds like the best interior designer <laughs> answer I've ever heard. So I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay, now since you are this like world-famous interior designer, tell us like the fabulous things that you have in your home that are beautiful to you. Or do you have one... You must have one specific thing that you treasure or that you love, and that is really important to you, right?
2: Uh, I have several things, and and it's really more about... (laughs) Another interior designer uh, answer. You know, you want to create beauty in your environment, because this is what makes you feel good. Uh, Whether it's a piece of art, uh, whether it's an object sitting on a shelf, uh, whether it's a collection of books. Uh, One of my favorite rooms to design is a library. Uh, because it's so intimate and, and it requires or it involves uh, collections, thi- p- p- things that one has collected over the years, uh, whether it's books or objects that are on a shelf. Uh, and that's why I love creating libraries.
0: Are you a politician? Because you're avoiding that question. I want to know one damn thing in your house that you cherish more than anything else. Anything that's on a pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> Another it's,
2: imperial It's, it's a focal point. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: I, I like well, that's using... That's That's all you have to say. <laughs> that's incredibly hysterical. Thank you so much for that okay. answer. And I probably would agree with you. <laughs> hey, so, um, you know, I was talking about potato, potato, just because I love that Gershwin song. And, you know, I think about it all the time even in client meetings and stuff because it's like this blue or that blue or this you know this color or that color so that that song always goes through my head a little bit but can can you you want to just bite on the conversation a little bit about your feelings about the differences between an interior designer and a decorator and do you get asked as often as i do what the difference is
2: No. And you know what? I like being both and uh, I enjoy playing both roles. uh, But the big difference to me is, as you said earlier, it comes down to training is what you how far were you trained as uh, in in, in the profession? And uh, a decorator really is more of I think of more as an embellisher, uh, someone who's going to embellish an existing space, whether it's with color, with pattern, with fabrics, with the way it's all put together, where as an interior designer, really is trained more as an architect, where you have to deal with lighting uh, and construction issues, uh, and how one space relates to another space, what materials you're using. um, That all comprises an interior designer uh, including uh, the tasks that an interior decorator uh, needs to accomplish. So it's really a marriage between a decorator and an
0: architect. Yeah, I, I do think that there, and, and this is without any sort of prejudice or judgment on either sort of party, but there is a scholarship that mm-hmm. I think goes with um, the idea of what a designer is. Yes, And there's a joyousness, um, a sense of style, Uh, an expression I think that finally maybe is the best way of describing what a decorator is and you and I have friends and in both sides of that coin and and there's a lot of difference and and I would say that a lot of decorators that I know don't want the responsibilities that you and I take on as interior designers to go into construction of you know 20,000 square foot house 10,000 square foot house which I think was the size of your house in San Francisco, was yes. the size of my house in San Francisco, built that from the ground, you know, ground up. So a lot of decorators don't want that responsibility. And right. God only knows we don't blame them, do we? So uh, so it works both ways and find what best fits your talent and your skill set and and go from there.
2: Yes. And it really is dependent upon what the client's needs are. Do they need a designer, or do they need a decorator? If you're going to hire an an architect, uh, you're better off working with an interior designer because he's that person is going to bridge the gap.
0: Speak the same language
2: between the two. Good and yes, and speak the same language. Really good point. uh, Whereas a decorator is really somewhat limited to embellishing what the architect has done. Uh, and sometimes or yields the
0: responsibility always to the architect. Yes. And that's not always the best partnership if you are building a new home or got renovating a Manhattan apartment. Correct. So. All right. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. I think we've hit that issue pretty well. Listen, I, um, I was curious with you. I haven't ever asked this question before, but what did, what did you what did you grow up with? Like, um, was your mom? Did you? Did your parents have a stylish house? Did your grandparents <laughs> have a stylish house? Like, how did you get the bug? Let's say. Well, I, I grew up with
2: damask and velours, but covered with plastic slipcovers <laughs> because
0: <laughs> because now you because you to, couldn't <laughs> get
2: them stained or ruined. And you're from, uh, <laughs> tell
0: everybody, Astoria, Queens.
2: of Queens. So from uh,
0: television references, that would be uh, Archie Bunker, right? And uh, Oh No More. Well, not quite. Uh, everybody but loves Raymond. Shouldn't he have plastic <laughs> slipcovers? Yeah, he do. Huh? I,
2: I don't know if they did, but we certainly <laughs> did. Uh, and I aspired more to the Annie Mame household. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the Rosalind Russell version, by the way. Uh, where she did not have slip covers, but she did have you know, it's all about lux. Yeah. It's all about having
0: a very lux room. Going beyond yourself. Yes. Yeah, Or, or emphasizing the best part of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, without being practical. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to be practical sometimes. Um, well, so let's talk now about your whole process and how you start a job and, and, you know, all of that. How You know, you get a new client, you, you're seeing either the blueprints or, or uh, you're actually seeing the physical house. And uh, where does your mind go and how do you start? And are you consistent throughout that whole process? It really starts with the space,
2: uh, whether it's a modern space, whether it be an apartment, whether it be a home, uh, whether it's modern or traditional you mean the architecture itself?
0: Correct. It right? starts
2: with the architecture of this space.
0: So an English tutor house in Westchester versus a glass sky yes. rise on 57th Street in Manhattan.
2: Yes. Yep.
0: And it's, it's really more about interpreting it today. And why do you think that's important? Because I think a lot of people miss that. So I'll just say real quick, I was in Greenwich today. And um, uh, my client, who I've had for a long time, was moving to a new house. And as we were passing by the house next door, the interiors didn't match the architecture of the house. Mm -hmm. And it's now I only looked in the window as all good interior designers do, but it's bothersome. So I'm going to stop you with the process question and say, why do you think that matters that the that the the outside of the building has to speak to the inside of the building? You know,
2: I I think there should be some correlation, but there are ways to interpret that. And it's the designer's job to to, to sort of marriage or combine what the architecture calls for and how that person that's living in the house, how they want to live.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great answer. My answer was going to be, look, if you're attracted to a glass high rise on the 86th floor, then you're attracted... To a home that should exemplify or resemble, I'm trying to think of what I think is best, but the nature and the stylistic concerns of the outside of the building. Yes, and you know, it doesn't have to be
2: the entire space uh, that conforms to the outside, it could be a single object that sort of exemplifies, uh, you know,
0: what that marriage is going to be yeah yeah perfectly perfectly good so how do you manifest your creativity throughout the day like are you are you so you have a new project because i always think it's helpful for everybody to understand you have a new project you you we usually get three to six weeks to sort of get it on paper do all the appropriate drawings do all the plans right because for everybody there's electrical plans and there's There's uh, room planning and furniture planning and and all the different schedules about plumbing and all of that. All you get, you know, a certain amount of time to do all that. How do you what's your day like? Are you thinking about it or are you going to places that you think uh, will inspire you? Or are you just noticing things on the street differently than you did the day before because your head's somewhere else?
2: You know, for me, it starts with color. It starts with the color scheme, Okay, Uh, colors that the client might be attracted to uh, or colors that I might see uh, in my in my everyday life that will inspire me. But it really starts with that. And how far am I going to take that color scheme and how am I going to interpret it into the setting? So
0: that makes me ask you. Do you use a certain set of colors or are you always interpreting uh, your color schemes via the home and the client's personality? Yes. Always always
2: interpreting and reinterpreting it. You know, a lot of people are afraid of using color in their homes. And uh, if you're going to use color, use it in a bold way. Don't be afraid. And if you're not going to use color, then it's my job to use non-color in a very interesting way and still make it a statement.
0: Yeah, um, we're going to have Benjamin Moore on next week, so I'm going to plug the show early, um, and I'm excited about that. But I always look at it from the standpoint of neutrals don't always mean white and or ivory, right? Right. Uh, neutrals can be a wonderful, like, soft uh, blue, perhaps, or a wonderful sort of... Um, you know, blue-green combination. You know, pink, I've used pink in um, downtown in the iron. It works so incredibly well mm-hmm. as the neutral palette uh, for, uh, for that client, that particular client. Yes. It was a soft, you know, breath of a pink. It was a perfect neutral to accentuate that house. So it doesn't have to be white. But if you are going to use then bold colors, then use hot pink then go use, really, really bold. Use aubergine in the strongest possible Go way. all out yeah. and
2: don't be afraid to yeah. use it. Yeah, uh, Because that's what it's about. It's about creating a statement and an environment that you're comfortable in with color. And yeah. color is very transitional. It's the easiest thing to change in your home. Paint is the best way to redecorate
0: your home if you're tired. Yeah, upsetting. there's no question about it, right? <laughs> the least expensive and the fastest. Absolutely. And, you know, in our world today where everything has to happen immediately, yes. get out a paintbrush, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Um, do you have, then, let's talk about it. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite room or a favorite project or a favorite, uh, yeah, project? But let's say, do, tell us what one of your most favorite bold attempts into color uh, has been.
2: Uh, I love using bold color in, uh, in a foyer or in a powder room because they're usually small areas that require large impact. And it's one of the first spaces that people will see in your home. When they first walk into your home, if you have a foyer, that's what they're going to be. Uh, that's what the impact is going to be. So you really want to make it bold in that sense.
0: And uh, it creates a lot of impact. I now know why we have parallel careers and that we're like chasing each other across the country because I talk a lot about on the show that foyers I think are, as a lot of people would say, uh, very important. But I like the idea of walking into a dark foyer, a dark entrance with bold, strong, powerful colors and then walking towards the light. Mm -hmm. It it evolves as you go through one shade, Lighter than the next one, yes. out of light. That's how my head sort of works. And by the time you get to the expression, the the view, the the windows looking over the lake, whatever, right. that's what takes over the visual cue. But yes. and then the walls are lighter. But I love this idea of coming into darkness and walking into light. Yes, sounds biblical, doesn't it? Yes. And then the powder room is the only place your guests ever get to be by themselves and sort of take in. Who you are. Yes. What your style is, what your home is expressing. And they get this magical moment, you know, to you know, to smell your soap and to look at the color of the wall that you or the wallpaper that you put in a thing. It's a really important place to tell your friends, to tell your family what design means to you and what your style is all about. Yes, it's almost like opening a box of jewels. Yeah,
2: that's right? what it's a about. Jewel box, yeah. A jewel box. A jewel box. and that's what the shirt, the first impression
0: should be. Is there um, a movement or a period in our whole design world that you tend to gravitate to? That you tend to always have, you know, one foot in expressing your designs? Or again, are you always designing for the individual and in the individual home? I think
2: it's a little bit of both.
0: Uh, if, if I
2: were to summarize my, my personal likes, uh, it would probably be, uh, 1940s French modern, uh, because there's the, the glam part of you. Yes, yes. And and I personally like glamorous rooms. Well, you said Rosalind (laughs)
0: Russell, so is it that Hollywood Regency sort of sensibility that you have? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a little hard not to watch that movie and fall in love with it. You know what? It it really relates
2: to any period. You can do a traditional room based on that, and you can do a very
0: contemporary room
2: based on that genre right but that 's where the
0: elegance comes in in your yes. head that's you 're always lifting it up to the next, yes, I like rooms that are elegant, and I like yeah. to create rooms that are elegant for others. This is all fantastic it 's all going too fast. Uh, you should have been with us earlier because I think we we could be talking for three or four hours, but when we come back i 'm going to ask Ray all about miami style or Florida style, Miami style and the designs, and the difference is. Uh, That we both have had experiences in designing in New York and then designing in Scottsdale, San Francisco, Atlanta, Miami, Dubai, whatever. So, but I'm really interested in how what you conceive or perceive of as Miami Miami style. You're listening to at home on talkradio.nyc.
1: Miami, Miami, you've got style.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
3: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
2: Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
0: We are talking to interior designer uh, Ray Martin. Um, I posted some of Ray's wonderful projects on Instagram. So take a look at that. Um, I did that before the show. Um, And you can follow Ray on Instagram at raymartin.interiors, plural, um, and just begin to follow him there. And Ray and I are sort of stepping away from Facebook a little bit. So Instagram is about all you're going to get out of him. And uh, and I think that's plenty enough. Um, remember to send your questions to David at Interiors dot com, and just for everybody, put the subject line at home, and we'll get to those questions a bit later. Okay, so you obviously work in both New York and Miami or Florida. Can you tell us about that? And uh, I mean, I want to know a lot about it, but like you know, you want to talk about the challenges of working long distance for one. And then the difference in um, the expectations, because I've always found that to be interesting. I can tell you a story about my Atlantic project from my Savannah people who told me what to expect from Atlanta, all of that. Uh, We'll get into all that. And then just similarities, of course. But so you start just, you know, you have a New York project, you have a Florida project, you have a Dubai project. What's that like? Well, luckily for me, my, uh, my jobs
2: really uh, are based on repeat clients. So I will have a New York client whose home I have done, and uh, they purchase or want to renovate a home in Florida, and they will hire me to do that. So the sensibility is more or less the same. Well, you have the relationship already. The, the relationship is And you're is comfortable there. in yes. that relationship. The, the aesthetic is slightly different than what I'm finding is that in New York, I'm able to infuse the spaces with more color. Uh, whereas in Florida, you know, people tend to want things more neutral. Uh, they love white on white. They love white on beige. Uh, and they express color through their artwork and accessories. And that's the biggest difference uh, that I Between having, the two. Between the two that I've encountered. Do
0: you think that's because of the light, right? Uh, I mean, yes. you know, the light is different, plain and simple. It, it's very
2: different. Uh, Florida is also a little bit more casual, a, a little bit more relaxed. That's true. Not the as formal. Yeah. The culture is different. The interiors uh, don't tend to be as formal as they are in New York. Uh, So that's where the big difference lies.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, Mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah, it's just not as formal. Not as formal. Uh, And I
2: gravitate toward formal, but I still, when I do formal, I still want it to be comfortable and relaxed.
0: So that glam thing that you were talking about, you know, we'll call it your Rosalind Russell moment. Is that, does that find a place for you in Florida as well? And then how do you express that when... Uh, you don't have, you know, when you're using basically uh, the same or a monotone color scheme and all of that. So how do you you find places for that? Is that art or is that accessories or is that just the damn quality of the rugs and the furniture?
2: Well, you know, it's a combination of all. And I try to keep the furniture more sculptural uh, and clean and then accentuate it with artwork and accessories that bring out color.
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. I'd hire you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about light a little bit. Do you, do, uh, and anybody, you know, so I always talking about the yellow room in the White House, and we've talked about it. Nancy Lancaster in England, the famous, legendary British interior designer, uh, created this room that is, you know, uh, first semester interior design school called the Yellow Room in in London. And um, when you go to that room and you see that yellow in London and then you you're so excited by it because it is it's truly magnificent right yes the way the light hits that yellow and oh my god it's just spectacular and you come back and go I'm using that exact yellow in New York and then you kind of go what's wrong with (laughs) what's wrong with my room because (laughs) it's it doesn't work the light is completely different in London than it is in New York City as it is completely different in New York City and Miami and I think when you're looking through the magazines how it's beautiful, and you're falling in love with different things, you have to always remember that our light is completely different here.
2: It is, and it's all about context. Uh, and it's funny that you mention yellow because I've implemented that yellow in my Florida home, and it's fabulous. Mm. I would not have used it in my New York home. There you go. Because it, in, it reads differently. It interprets differently with the natural light that you have. Now, of course,
0: there's all different kinds of shades of yellow, so yes. you know, you can find something that might work for you, but the point is still taken. What about seasons? I mean, do you think you're affected by seasons? For instance, if Florida is, I call it one season, mm-hmm. and then we have our two seasons here, does that affect how you see things? I mean, you were talking about libraries before. Do you do libraries in Florida? Have you ever done a I've done, I've a done library? libraries everywhere. You have? All right. Yes. So and and it's really more about cuz libraries seem like fireplace and and you know richly colored mahogany cabinets or walnut cabinets and stuff like that. Yes
2: and no. It, you know, you can interpret you can interpret and design a library in so many different In lacquer ways. blue. Yeah. In, in in a lacquer color, yeah. you could do it in all white and just have the books and the objects speak uh to what's in the room. Um so it, it really depends on where it is and what is going on around it, and you just want to make it cohesive. Mm-hmm.
0: We've. Uh, I want to change the subject a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, and just talk a little bit about. Um, you're traveling all the time, mm-hmm. right? You're on your laptop, I'm sure, or your phone, dealing with emails of your office on a constant sort of basis you know 15 years ago when we started 20 years ago especially when i started we had a roller flax machine yes that we used to have to staple to a flat piece of paper to file it away right so we've come a long way baby right quarters in our pockets for the payphone all that sort of stuff what do you think, your what are your sense of how the, the industry has changed, and not specifically technologically, but your relationships with your clients, uh, the use of the internet, um, how f- what we know, the showroom's getting smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller and smaller every year. Um, uh, less, uh, less antique shops, less... Um, uh, Un, uh, small businesses, right? That we would normally go to because oh, they were always so fantastic with their lamps, or yes. you know they did uh, they did iron furniture for the outdoors so incredibly well. Those are all gone, right? Yes. So how do, how does that affect you? And where do what? How do you handle some of those changes?
2: You know, well, just like I, I'm not the type of person that likes to shop online. You don't shop online at all. No, even for clothing, I want to see it. I want to feel it. Uh, I want to experience it firsthand and I like to extend that to my clients when I am selecting items for their interiors. Uh, So there's nothing like one on one. However, the accessibility in this industry has become uh, much wider, Uh, not just to the designer, but to the end user, uh, meaning the client. So they can go online and see many, many things today. Uh, that they did not have access to before. Uh, and, you know, when I work remotely, uh, I, I do that, but I also, in the end, like to see the pieces in person and I like to present it
0: to the client that way. I think that's one of the biggest changes. And I'm gonna say positive changes, mm-hmm. even though sometimes it's, it can be challenging. Yes. Um, but I'll say positive changes from the standpoint of in the past. We, we were the editor. We right. selected, right? So we brought the three things that we thought were appropriate to this home or to this house, right? Three ideas, three designs, three sofas, let's just get specific. Yes, Your living room, these three sofas would work in your living room. Now what we get, because they have the same access that we do, we get to see what they would pick because yes. they want to show us. And it's a fascinating insight, I think, into our client. And for me, we become—we're not just an interior designer, but we wear the hat of a teacher.
2: Yes, an editor, and and then an editor
0: because we have to now discuss their selection. Yes, right, the goods and the bad of it. I, I, I would say, in my you know, in the new time, I'm equally as happy with their selection as I am equally you know, that's Mm -hmm. not going to work. But it's about that relationship and about being honest about what they're presenting to us now. Like the table has turned a little bit.
2: Yes, it is. And it really, design today is more about editing uh, than, than going out and finding stuff to show your client. You really have to edit what you're showing them. And you also have to teach them how to edit what they're looking at. And it's com- it comes down to breaking it down to what's going to work best for them and for their space.
0: This is really a good conversation, and I'm sorry that we're picking it up so late. But I think there's a couple flags that really all of us can learn from. One is scale and proportion. That is a difficult thing to a novice or to somebody just looking online to figure out what the scale and proportion of the piece is is relating back to their home, yes, right to the size of the ceiling, to the size of the room, to uh, the size of the windows, but even more importantly, to the size of the other furniture that was selected. Correct. It's all about a relationship. Right. So there's the first point. The second point is I find that my clients tend to focus in on one piece and not have the universal Mm -hmm. vision of, again, the whole house or the whole room. So that's something else for everybody to take away is that... Not only are you just picking the sofa but you're also trying to figure out what the relationship like scale and proportion is to the rest of yes of the, the pieces space. around it and that's why you have to hire a proshe- professional okay. and not try to do it yourself because I think those are two I think we could go on and on and I'm not yes. going to continue but th- there's there's a lot of actually it'd be a great sort of webinar right about mm-hmm. how to purchase furniture online Not that we want to give all the trade secrets away, but we do. But uh, those two, I think, are the most important. Um, But also, what about quality of furniture? Understanding the quality of furniture. I don't know if you've had this trouble, but there's a big provider of antique furniture online. Yes. That, oh, sure, I love that uh, Regency desk, that mahogany Regency desk with the brass grill. That's fantastic i see 14 pictures of it now i gotta pay for it to come from texas shipping to see it thousands of dollars now it gets here and oh by the way the drawer doesn't work and there's a really bad damage on the sabot of one of the legs and that wasn't able to see and now you don't want anymore you gotta pay for it to go back exactly so uh caution
2: all around well it's it's knowing what you're buying knowing what you're
0: shopping for uh and knowing what your budget allows so right before we go do you think that that could be a primary difference between a decorator and interior designer it most certainly can i mean it could be the old sort of horse mule thing Mm -hmm. right i see it this way you see it that way yes right yes sort of thing Uh, uh just another setup listen it's over buddy uh, we're done. Thank you so much. The only thing is I'm going to make you stay and take some questions that are okay. going to come in online. Thank you so very much. Uh, I feel like we could have just gone online. We um, probably could. have We probably could have. Um, listen, we'll be back in two minutes. And stay tuned.
1: <laughs>
3: Among ourselves, we've always gotten along perfectly well. Of course, there was the time he sold him a horse. But delivered a mule. But that's all settled. Now we live in simple peace and harmony. It was a horse. It was a mule. It was a horse. It was a mule. I hey. It, was, it was, a horse.
1: Oh. was a horse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
0: The best designs for your life start.
2: talkingalternative.com
0: Ray, let's take some questions, huh? Okay. Terrific. You ready? I'm ready. It can be the hardest part of the show. Absolutely. Talk closer into your microphone for me. Okay. Um, this is from Sally Jr. Jr. Sally. Oops, sorry, Sally. Um, you mentioned that Ray has worked in Dubai and Saudi Arabia. Can you just, Ray, can you talk a little bit about that? Everybody's interested in knowing a little bit more about your projects there.
2: Uh, I've had the pleasure of working on global projects, uh, for clients in the Middle East, and it involved multiple residences. And uh, it was a very unique experience. Uh, what I would say. It, you know, it's it's almost like going to Florida <laughs> and seeing the palm trees, um, except <laughs> they're much larger estates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a simple answer. Is it because they're crown princes and you can't talk about it?
2: Uh, more or less. Do you have ties to
0: Russia? <laughs> no, I do not. Okay. So there's nothing you can you can tell us. But I mean, overall, I- I'll just I'll just help with the question a little bit. What about sourcing? Are you sourcing from uh, America? Are you sourcing from England? Are you or or you know I don't know that much about it, but are you finding uh, product there that uh, is appropriate to their homes there?
2: No, everything is done here from the states. And the clients that I've worked with are very Western. Uh, they have homes in the in the United okay. Kingdom as well as the Middle East and even in San Francisco. So they're very global and uh, they
0: have a very uh, Western aesthetic. Okay. I mean, that's great. Thank you. He's not going to give us any more. <laughs> I... Um, I... Uh, well, I have a crown prince story too, mm-hmm. so now we're just going to be on the hush hush about it. Okay, on, right. Okay, uh, here's our our next question. This is from Eddie G. It says, "You guys were talking about purchasing online and some of those challenges. I'm more interested in discussing the generational shift and how you balance out your older clients and your newer clients, mm-hmm. or your younger. It says younger clients. That's a good question, actually. Hi." uh you want to think about it i'll try to answer it first you know
2: i i try not to differentiate too much between the two
0: well they do have they are they have a different sensibility there's no question about it they do i think the
2: younger clientele has a more uh i want it now sort of uh Requirement, uh, they want a little bit more instant gratification. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. And I feel like everybody does, but yeah. Well, they do, mean. but you know, I I I just try to gear the younger clientele toward more uh, clean-lined, more contemporary mm. furnishings, and then embellish it with art that speaks to them, whether it be old or new.
0: Okay. Yeah. And that
2: creates the balance yeah, between the two.
0: That's a that's a really well thought out answer to that um, you are fortunate as i as am i of working with um, generations uh, in your clientele yes right you're you've got a couple of clients that are several generations, yes where you 've done each generation right yes so you really you really get to see the differences between how they grandma handled it and how the kids handled yes. it, yeah. yes yeah, interesting, yeah. Um, me too. I, I think, actually, Ray, I think that was a really uh, good answer. I have talked about on the show before that um, the younger generation, uh, God, this sounds kind of judgmental, I'm not sure I want to say that, but there's a, there seems to be a lack of appreciation for fine things. And I, I guess I'll be brave enough to say that because we know in the China industry, in the silver industry, in the fine furniture industry, that they're all suffering because a new generation of people are coming in going, I don't want to take care of anything.
2: That, that is very much the case.
0: Right. Uh, they also don't understand So there's understand a difference it. there, I think. They don't understand
2: it. And, you know, people today, the younger generations, they just want new, new, new. Yeah, and they don't understand uh, appreciating an antique piece of furniture.
0: And now that I'm saying it out loud, I for think, the most part, I think there's a priority shift. Might yes. be the better way to say it. Yes, and it's not a bad priority shift. It's a it's a, just a different priority shift than what we were used to or what we were raised with. Yes, right. I, I had a big client in San Francisco, huge, gigantic South. Oh, not San Francisco. Sorry, Southampton huge southampton house he wouldn't allow floor lamps or table lamps anywhere Hmm. because his grandchildren would knock them over and i that was my first sort of realization that the world is changing around us because i don't know my parents had a pretty nice house and my grandparents had a beautiful house and we didn't knock over any lamps well you know you can't
2: train your furniture but you could train your kids and your pets (laughs) (laughs) to behave. Um, But there's no reason that one should be living in a gymnasium. (laughs) Yeah, with all overhead lighting. I mean, you know, uh, you need mood lighting. In order to create a space that's gonna be conducive to the way you live, yeah.
0: so we, we will throw in some advice always as we go, but you always want three different sources of light. Absolutely. Minimum in each room, yes. right? Three different sources. So, what would that mean? You know, recess, sconces floor or table and low level lighting and low level lighting. And those are, those are primary thing. But anyway, we're not talking about lighting tonight, so we're going to move on. You guys were talking about color and I'm fascinating to know what your favorite colors are. Now we get this almost every week, but I'm going to take this one because you brought it up so well. Oh gosh. Uh, Favorite colors.
2: I really enjoy working with bold colors uh, because they translate into emotion. And color is all about emotion and it's all about feelings. And colors, different colors make us feel different ways and different things. Uh, So I am a big advocate of bold color, whether whether it be, you know, an amethyst or a marigold yellow or carnelian. Um, Incorporate that and don't be afraid of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's really, really true. Because Um, it's a mood shifter. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for the husband and wife that are building their first home together and they have a totally different color sense perspective?
2: Trust your designer or your decorator to put that into perspective for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best advice that I could uh, give you regarding color. But if you like a color and you're drawn to it, don't be afraid to use it.
0: So I think we said earlier, your favorite color is amethyst or what I call aubergine. Yes. You love that color. Yes. Yeah. I love that color too. It's deep. Uh, It's a great background for many other colors. Have you always been drawn to that color? Because this is my thing about next week too that I'm really fascinated by. Do we bring our colors from our childhood? Do we bring the colors that we like from our, our own personal history? Do you think, or do you think we, we do you think we become sophisticated and we like new things? I
2: think that's what it is. I think it's an evolution. Okay. I mean, I used to be crazy about chocolate brown, and you, you know, now for not. I had three homes that were chocolate brown, and now I've now I've shifted to uh, uh, to amethyst.
0: Okay. I, well, that's pretty close, but that's good. <laughs> I I have my favorite colors are what I call a spice palette, which mm-hmm. is I love olive green. I love curry. I love thyme. I love uh, paprika. I love those colors. So, And I've always kind of carried those in my back pocket a little bit. I think
2: it's important to define if
0: you like cool tones or warm tones. Um, I think uh, we have one time for one more question. And so it's always a client question. Um, And I have to say, my friend Ray has incredible I do too, but you seem to always just love to talk about how wonderful your clients are. Which they are. Such I've been a very beautiful, lucky. a beautiful, beautiful thing, right? There's not a lot of other interior designers that <laughs> you can have a drink with and they'll tell you how wonderful their clients are, but you always seem to be thrilled by your clientele. That, that's that got to be you on some level too.
2: I hope so. I, I think, you know what, it's, uh, I was taught... In school, that this business is 90% psychology, 10% design. Yeah.
0: Oh, that brings us right to the opening. So, isn't that just a wonderful full circle of everything? Listen, I am thrilled that you came on. Thank you. It was so nice to see you again. I'm off to Miami with you soon. Soon, so that would be <laughs> that would be awesome. We decided that maybe we'll just get on the same flight. And, we will, <laughs> and uh, maybe drink Bloody Marys on the way down. Sounds good, Ray. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ah, okay, I want to thank everybody here at talkradio.nyc. Um, Of course, Schoolhouse Number Six Productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't want to try. Benjamin Keegan for my music and remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DTI well, what is it? At Home with DTI. I did that purposely so you would perk up and listen to what I was saying. It's At Home with DTI. Um, And remember to look at my website, Interiors.com. Next week, I'm really thrilled because we're going to talk to Benjamin Moore and uh, we're going to We're going to go full circle, the whole thing. We're going to talk about paint colors. I want to know what's trending. I want to know historically what Benjamin Moore's colors, top colors Mm -hmm. have been. We're going to talk a little bit about quality of paint. But I really want to talk about color and how they see color and how they interpret what the... The trends in the world are happening around them. So, join us next week because that will be terribly, terribly, terribly exciting. Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show. Beyond potential, live life your way. And until next week on the radio, remember the best designs for your life start at home.
1: Oh. Boy, so if you like pajamas, I like pajamas. I wear pajamas. I'll wear pajamas. Yamas, when we know we need to come somebody better call the calling all. up on Let's Call the Old Penal.
2: You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network